Oakman and is always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. And this is episode 287. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at Jakesaw. Zero one, and as always, you can write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and make sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. So, right now, pause the show, go give us a thumbs up, give us a like, share it to your friends on your favorite feed, say something on Instagram, whatever about us, and tell the world that we're not that bad. As a reminder, this is a video podcast as well, so you can watch us over on our YouTube channel. And, uh, we are kind of stagnant over there, so make sure you subscribe to that if you haven't yet. And for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support us for $1 a month. The Patreon level is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron. We will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout-out on our show. With that out of the way, good morning to you, Jake. How's it going? Man, I don't know. This is the earliest I think we've ever recorded the podcast. It is uh, 8 a.m. our time on Sunday. I don't know if it's the earliest, but it's pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. okay, though. If it were a weekday, you and I would both be already at work, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're doing good. I'm doing all right. I had a gig Friday. Dude, and I got a lie. I'm sure Sarah told you about the rain. It was like, it was really nice out. And we're outside on this beautiful patio. And uh, it's the most people I've ever seen at this place. And, like, they even, like, sent, like, a Facebook post. Like, oh, my gosh, it's Fred hasn't even started yet, and it's packed. You know, there were, like, people. People came out to support your wife. People came out to support me. And then there were some random people there. And it was nice. It was a nice little thing. And we were sounding pretty good. I borrowed your PA head. Um, and, uh, you know, there was, like, some threat of rain. But there was like no overhead cover. So the lady, they don't, they're not used to having music there. They've had music there a few times. And I go, man, I hope it doesn't rain. She goes, yeah, I know, me too. And I'm like, well, if it does, uh, you know, I can't be out here with all this gear. And she goes, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, there's no way this stuff can be in the, in the water. And she goes, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She goes, that's fine. You know, she's really nice about it. And she goes, well, if you need to, we have a door back here and a door out front if you need to run stuff inside. I was like, okay. We start playing, we're like two or three songs in, and then the sprinkles start. And I'm like, all right, we're done for now. And I told the crowd, I was like, listen, you know, if we start running around like idiots, it's because this shit can't get wet. We had the merch table over your PA head, so nothing got wet there. We had um, a ton of tables uh, that were in front of us um, to use as like temporary umbrellas. We got stuff put away. I had a tarp. Um, but everything, and we had a lot of teamwork. So my folks were there. My buddy Brandon was there. There's another guy there who was like going to interview me for like some sort of recording industry music, uh, uh, schooling he's going to. It's not the, the one that everyone goes to it's some other thing he's doing. And uh, he wanted to talk to me a bit and record it for a project. So all these people like jumped in, we got everything inside and, uh, the acoustics inside were amazing. They were fantastic. Plug back in kept the volume low and it was really something awesome inside um because it's uh it's actually a i want to say it's a hip surgeon's 
like area. So like it's like the uh, the reception area, but like it's really fancy, you know. And there's like a little mini waterfall in there, and but like it's like really high ceilings. And we were just playing, and everybody who was outside pretty much came inside, and uh, it was a good time. Good evening. So mm-hmm. that worked out all right for us Friday. Oh, I've been working on some miniature stuff, painting some minis. Um, I don't know really. I'm try- I've, try- I've tried diligently all week to get three or four people to come over to do Hero Quest this week, but it isn't just ha- it ain't happening. Some days one or two people are available. Another day no one's available. Some other days two two. Dude, it's so hard to schedule stuff when you're an adult with with like that many people. Which made me think like I'm really impressed how consistently we've been able to do the podcast. And how consistently our band is able to play all these shows. It takes a little bit of sacrifice. It it kind of does, yeah. I mean, but if you want to do it, you make the time. That's true. That's true. That's it. Make time for the things you want to do. So, yeah, but we have some people out of town town in our gaming group and stuff. Uh, My nephew Austin is going on his first vacation. I'm excited for him. And, uh... Uh, my buddy Ben is doing banking school this weekend down in Penn State and uh, uh, my buddy Murph is who knows he's probably visiting family or something he's not available this weekend so our our group just kind of fell into itself and uh, it is what it is man well let's not talk too much about other stuff because I know Jake you have plans all day today which is why we're doing this in the morning and I got some crap I got to do too today. So recording this on Sunday. It's the end of July in 2023, in the year 2023. And uh, we're going to talk about PlayStation because that's what we are into. And I've done a little bit of thinking lately. And uh, I'd like to buy more games. But I don't have a way to play them because I'm this whole time thing. <laughs> is a problem but my time with Alan Wake is over and I really enjoyed it and the game was free to me Um, well quote air quotes free because it's part of that PlayStation Plus stuff but um, I beat the DLC episodes the first one I did on normal difficulty and it got a little hard it just felt like they wanted to provide a challenge for the players with not much story so like the second one I just did on easy mode and in fact I I I live streamed it um, yesterday morning, I woke up early in the morning and I just started, I was like, I'm just going to fucking beat it real quick before we do the podcast. And, uh, I had a couple of people watch and, uh, my buddy Phil tuned in and, uh, it's funny because I was laying on the couch cause our upstairs is so hot. I, I slept on the couch because it was just so hot. We haven't installed our AC unit upstairs yet. So I woke up on the couch and I'm like, I'm just going to power Alan wake up. And in the dark with the blinds drawn at like fucking eight in the morning, I'm just like playing Alan Wake. And I, I was like, I just fucking live stream. There's no video or anything of me. And it had a couple people watching. And then we got about halfway through it. And then Phil wrote in the chat, he goes, why are you whispering? And I was like, am I whispering? Am I doing like AMSR? Like, let's play Alan Wake. Like, and I guess I do it. I am kind of quiet, but it was so early. I was just like, ah, this, like he would write in and then, uh, I was just kind of communicating with him, and I think I had a couple other visitors that popped in and out, but they, they're not many, but I thought it was hilarious, and then it made me start thinking, like, are there any YouTubers that game that do AMSR, like, voices? Like, now we're going to press the X. Don't do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's a thing, man. So do you think people do that? Do you think first of all, I fall in the camp of people who <laughs> want to put a gun barrel in my mouth when I hear ASMR. Hey, come on! Like I, I we don't th- condone that. Like if you, if you, uh, if you, if you actually look into it, ASMR is one of those things that, like, it seems like a large chunk of the population find it very stimulating and a large chunk of the population find it like like really horrible yeah yeah and i fall along the the group of people that like when i hear it <laughs> it it's like <laughs> i don't know i the, the closest thing i it's akin to like nails on a chalkboard yeah. or like you know, something like that where it just – it makes me – it makes my skin crawl. Dude, is it like – is it to you like – you know like sometimes when people hear other people eating, is it that feeling? Like it just grosses you out like that? Yes. And oddly enough, I have the same – I think it has to – it has less to do with what the sounds are and more to do with how they're delivered. So like the fact that most of the time you're wearing headphones and shit and it's like it's like injected directly into your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like cuz I have the same issue with and this is kind of kind of weird probably, but um like if you're listening to Spotify or something mm. and they have commercials on there or whatever and like beer commercials their favorite thing is to just have sounds of people pouring fucking beer into glasses. Yeah. That sound makes my skin crawl. That's so strange. When I hear it on headphones. And like uh it I I don't know. It's just it's so weird. There's something about it. But uh I get it. Yeah. ASMR is one of those things that Yeah, so I, I'm I hate it. So it's hilarious that I was sitting there and I was just being quiet because it was so early and Chelsea was still in bed and I didn't want to wake the house because I didn't want to have like the morning started yet. I wanted to get this game done. So I guess I was kind of quiet and I wasn't even using headphones. I was just talking to the controller mic and I had it muted the whole time unless like someone would write and then I would like kind of unmute myself and talk. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's so funny to think that AMSR has blown up. And I agree with you. I think it's silly, but uh, it doesn't gross me out. I'm just like not at all. I'm completely just whatever about it. But it's funny that uh, I don't know, man. Maybe that's an untapped area. Uh, gaming AMSR. I'm just saying. Um, the sound of the buttons getting pressed. <laughs> like the fucking like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, crawl out of his skin over there. I love it. It's. Uh, I'm sure that it exists already. Mm. But uh, well, autonomous I- sensory meridian response. That's what it stands for, huh? ASMR. I, I don't. I hate that it blew up. I hate that it's a thing all over. I mean, I get it. Like people, people like that. It's like you used to play that game. Like when you were kids, they would they would you would have those like tricks where you could like have someone like do the weird things where like rub your back a certain way and it makes your whole body get goosebumps. Yeah. Like, or like you put like your that. arms in like a doorway and then they would just raise. Yeah. Like it's something like, yeah, that. it's like, 
it's just I think people just really like that kind of stuff, and that's really what it boils down to. Someone someone found a way to like tap into that just in the in like an audio visual medium. Yeah, and, dude, it's awesome. I don't know. All right, well, let's talk about games we're playing, Jake. I'll I'll shut up about that. But I thought it was funny, and because uh, he was like, "Dude, why are you whispering?" And that's one of the weirdest questions to say to somebody. Because, like, it's always implied why somebody's whispering. Like, you don't just fucking whisper. <laughs> like, like, what can you imagine, like, just, like, whispering to everybody? Um, it'd be so, like, dude, speak the fuck up. <laughs> but, like, I was just trying to be quiet. And if I'm being honest, I think my buddy Phil uh, maybe, maybe hadn't gone to sleep yet. But, <laughs> um, so I did finish Alan Wake, and and back to kind of what I was talking about, dude. This game's really, really good, dude. It's awesome. The DLC don't really offer anything story-wise. Some would maybe argue with me about it, but after playing through them, I did go back and revisit the Alan Wake trailer and some gameplay over there and on YouTube, and man, that game looks good. But I have some other games that I want to play later this year, and we'll get to Big Box's question and listener feedback because he kind of a- approaches that. But, uh, Jake, are you playing anything else right now? What are you doing? Just Final Fantasy sixteen. Um Yeah. Still playing that. It's really good. I, I'm really happy with it so far. Story is good. The combat's really fun. The Like I said before, the only thing that's kind of sort of a negative about it is just the how randomly the frame rate likes to drop whenever you're just running around the world, which is bizarre but yeah other than that um still really enjoyed it i have ima- i imagine i'm probably gonna be playing it for a while i'm i think i'm like i want to say i'm like 15 hours into it i want to say yeah so and i think they're just the main story if you don't do any of the side content is is listed at like 35 hours or 40 hours so i still got a ways to go yeah um i will just say for the record it took me about 12 hours to beat all of Alan Wake remastered, um, and that was on normal difficulty. If you played it on, if you played it on um, easy, you could probably get through it in like eight. I would imagine. Um, I died a lot on a couple parts on normal because it does get challenging. But good man, I'm glad you're yeah. playing. Real quick about Final Fantasy 16, I have read and I have heard multiple people say that the side quests are where the game lacks. Are you? In agreement with that, just out of my curiosity, most of the side quests I've done are pointless. There are some, from what I understand, there are some that are actually really good. They're like multi-part quests and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I haven't gotten to any of those yet. Did you? So yeah, I don't know. I was going to ask your brain about one more thing. I was going to ask your brain about something, not you. Um, did, uh, do the side quests, like, while they are pointless, are they at all, like, I mean, they could be pointless, but still be interesting in their own right, or they could still be, like, kind of different from one another, or are they all kind of, like, the same shit so far? I mean, it's just, like, all of them are just, like... Uh, like like this one I got this morning. It's just like, oh, I got this boat and it's got some holes in the hull. Too bad I don't have any pitch to patch it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I can find you some pitch. And it's like, okay. 
He's like, oh, well, there's no pitch trees around, so but these certain creatures have it. Mm. It's like, okay, so just go kill some of these creatures and get this shit and bring it back to them. Does that serve as like, okay? Yeah. Do you think they do that just so like, that you can level just up? whatever. Yeah. Is that just so I mean, you can level I, up? I guess, but the quests don't give you that much XP. So it's like, to me, it's like, it's more to just... If you enjoy the combat, most of them involve some kind of combat. So you just go out and you do a thing and you might get some crafting materials or, or a little bit of gold or something. Yeah. But you're not really gaining. I mean, I'm sure like they do add up so that if you do all of them, you're going to be better prepared than if you didn't do any of them. But I would guess that it's probably more to do with like just enjoying playing the game and less to do with... Uh, you know, grinding or something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad you're enjoying it. It is uh, going to have something to do with my response here to Big Box's feedback. So every episode we do listener feedback, you can write the show at pssisawesome at gmail.com. You can leave comments on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our Patreon for a dollar a month and interact with us over there. And uh, I guess... Our last episode was on YouTube had like the least views we've had yet. So that's weird. So we're trying to bring that back up. And uh, so I don't think a lot of people listened to our last episode. But we did get one element of feedback from Big Box. So thank you for writing, Big Box. We appreciate it. And uh, the feedback reads as such. Dear PS, this is awesome. Do you guys have a plan going into the next four plus months of big releases? I used to buy games based off of what I was feeling at the time. But as my wisdom grows, I've started locking in to a plan before the marketing hype begins. Armored Core 6 and Helldivers 2. Metascores be damned. P.S. Tom Cruise went skydiving with James Corden, and James Corden asked him, why me? Tom Cruise responded by saying, I asked all the other late night hosts, and you were the only one to say yes. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I'm like 80% that story is true. All right, we'll see you later. All right, thanks for writing in, Big Box. That's a hilarious anecdote about uh, Tom Cruise. We talked about him briefly in the last episode. Um, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, you got to be crazy to go skydiving, you know what I mean? But... Shit, if you had an opportunity to go skydiving with Tom Cruise, would you? I'd, I wouldn't. I'm too no. scared of heights. Even though the guy's, like, beating the odds multiple times, um, you know, every time. I wouldn't want I'm to all about doing. I'm all about doing things that are, I don't know, just, I guess, dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, stretching the, you know, stretching your limits or whatever. But there's something about jumping out of a fucking plane... That's just like, I like you're kind of asking for it at this point. Like it's one thing if you want to like, you know, let's just take for example, uh, riding a dirt bike, right? Okay, you're going to ride a dirt bike around a track. You're going to go fast. You're going to hit jumps and stuff. But it's still like, okay, if you train, you do really well. You know, you, you learn how what you're doing. It's safe, right? Like like you you're riding within your ability. You can do what you need to do and not hurt yourself. Sort of like somebody else hitting you or something. Right. Like there, there's nothing that's really going to be a problem there. Skydiving is just like let's just roll the fucking dice and jump out of a plane. It's like okay, well, uh, you know, well you, you could say like oh well if you properly prepped your chute and all this stuff, then 
then it's safe. It's like, okay, well, then what if, you know, you get some kind of weird crosswind or what if you pass out when you're in the air? That's my fear. Of, or it's like, or like something else happens. It's like, like th- there's, there's a certain level of like tempting fate where it's just like, okay, maybe this is a little bit crazy. It's just a little much. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Dude. No skydiving for me. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't skydive either. Um, as the listeners know, I've, I don't think I've been on a plane. My dad says I was on one when I was a kid, but I uh, wouldn't want to jump out of one. Um, maybe I would if I got on one, but I because I'd be scared. Just get me out. But like, I don't know, man. I just it's one of those things too. Like you said, like when you're on a dirt bike or you're racing on a track or you're on a motorcycle, you know, if you get a flat while you're riding, uh, there are things that you can still do to try to mitigate the damage. If you if your chain breaks, if uh, you hit a pothole, if you start, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There, 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 there's training for these things, and it seems like no matter what, you you have an element of control up until the damage happens. With skydiving, if your chute doesn't open and your backup chute doesn't open, you've got about eh, maybe forty seconds to be like, well, f- I'm fucked. There's nothing I can do, and I'm just going to fall to my death right now. And, and, like, that is the thing that I don't like. Like, you know, it, at least, like, when you're on the ground, you have and, – and I I have a friend who's been doing a lot of skydiving. He just got certified to go solo. And, uh, dude, um, he, he's ex-military and stuff, so, like, he's he's all about taking chances. But uh, – I. I was talking to him and he goes, oh man, he goes, it's, it's safer than riding a motorcycle is what he told me. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I mean, statistically, it probably is. If you compare the number of skydivers who've died versus the number of motorcyclists who've died, sure. No, fuck that. Hours skydiving versus hours on a motorcycle. They're completely different. It's like saying, oh yeah, uh, you know. Swimming with great white sharks is safer than fucking driving a car. And it's like, yes, more people die driving cars, but that's because millions more people drive cars than fucking swim with sharks. But even like, the, like yeah, even the percentage, like even if you break it down, you know what I mean? And you do, you reduce it to like, you know, a percentage of people who do this, this, this amount of people get harmed. Um, I think skydiving would etch, would eke out and win and say there there are less people that get hurt from skydiving than there are from people who drive cars. But I still don't agree with it, despite the math. Like, do you think the opportunity though is? Do you think the opportunity though is like <laughs> if you're skydiving? <laughs> this is what our podcast has become now. Like, like how how like like. Like how many times slash how many hours are you falling to your potential death in skydiving versus how many times slash how many hours are is the average person riding a motorcycle? So like someone who skydives yeah. a lot, let's say they do fucking a thousand jumps in their lifetime. That's probably, you know, let's say a thousand times two minutes that's 2,000 minutes that they could potentially die <laughs> versus the average person that rides a motorcycle is on a motorcycle on the road with the potential of, you know, crashing or dying or whatever. Yeah. Many t- order, like an order of magnitude more than that in terms of time actually on the bike. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think it breaks down for me. It's just like, okay, yes. 
the chances of you dying on one jump versus the chances of you dying on one ride maybe are lower because there are less variables. But I don't know, man. It's just weird. Yeah, dude, real quick, and then and then we will get on with the other part of Big Boss's question. Because he didn't even ask anything about skydiving. I'm just thinking, like, would you do it? But, like, the thing of it is, is, is if you think about skydiving, you are leaping out of a plane with the chute not open. So you are throwing yourself into the situation you don't want to be in and taking yourself out of that situation. Like with riding a bike, like you're not jumping on a motorcycle with flat tires and going 90 down the highway and being like, well, maybe at some point they'll fill with air. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe at some point the chain won't, maybe the chain will come a little, you know, straightened out or whatever. Maybe it won't be all jacked up. Or like, you know, you are literally jumping out of an airplane with, yeah, sure, you have a parachute on your back, but it ain't opened yet. Like, I think the way the military does their paratrooper stuff, where they have the chutes ready to go, like, they're not even technically open, but they're they're affixed to that bar. They clip on, and then when they jump out, that bar, that, that carabiner or clip or whatever, it pulls the chute out of the bag. So, like, you, even if you pass out on the way down, your chute's already going to be opening. Like, there's a little more something to that. That's parachuting skydiving is literally jumping out no parachute open and then relying on yourself to save yourself whereas like riding a motorcycle dangerous activities like riding a car it's already it's already working like you don't have to worry about things going haywire but with skydiving you're literally jumping out of the plane putting yourself in the situation you don't want to be in in two minutes Hoping that you can somehow keep that, you know, break break that consistency of you just falling to your death and then land safely. Riding a car, getting on a motorcycle, you're safe until you're not. And I think that's the fucking difference for me. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's talk about his next question, Jake. Do you have do you have a locked in plan instead of going based on game hype or going on meta scores? Um, do you have you know, what? what is our plan individually going into the next four months of big releases? Mine, Helldivers 2, Alan Wake 2, Final Fantasy 16 at some point, and Spider-Man 2. Those are my sure games that I'm probably, not sure that I'm probably, the ones that I want to play. Uh... I mean, the question was more about, you know, the mechanics of making a plan, right? I don't know. He says, do you guys have a plan going into – yeah, I don't know. It could be read both ways. My mechanics are – dude, I don't know. If that's how you're going to answer that's how I'll answer it. Those are the games that I'm for sure going to probably pick up. But I think it's like if I'm already kind of invested in a game or a game story and it's a sequel, it's always – if I like the first one, I'm pretty much – all in on the sequel. I did that with Plague Tale Requiem. Um, I've done that with all the Metro games. I've done it with all the Uncharted games. I've done it with Last of Us. I've done it with the Horizon Horizon game. Like if God of War. Like if I like the original version or the first the first outing or the second outing even, and you're gonna put out a third one for as much as I shit talk sequels and not having a new idea or an original idea. If I know I already like the like Darkest Dungeon, I'm excited for Darkest Dungeon 2. If I like the first thing, 
you can almost guarantee that my plan will be if that thing's coming out in the next four months, that's on my list. Like it's, it's I don't have to think about it as long as it like, from what I understand, looks like the thing that I already enjoy. That's it's almost a lock. Um, and then the other thing is is like you know uh, Sony IP if something like like if if they're like toting like a new game that looks awesome to me, um, maybe that would be next. But I don't know. I, my plan really is just stick with what I know, with what feels safe. If I'm gonna lock myself into a plan, um, if something comes up along the way that catches my eye, you know, like ghosts and goblins, then maybe I'll just like pick that up because I want something quick and easy. But I don't know. I don't really have a plan. I just I know my buying history and I know how my brain works, and those games are always gonna get get me first. Um, or maybe like a brand new IP, obviously from like Naughty Dog or fucking Remedy or whatever, you know, even though I didn't like Control, but I'm really into Alan Wake, so I don't know, Jake, what, what's your plan? How do you figure this stuff out? I do look at review scores too, beforehand if I can. Um, I've gotten to the point anymore where there's so much stuff to buy that I don't feel the need to, outside of like major tent poles, I don't feel the need to make any final decisions about anything that I'm going to purchase until literally like the day it comes out. Or there's some kind of information out there on what the game is actually like in its release form. Um, like, uh, probably the only game that I can think of that um, I can say for certain that I'll play when it comes out is probably Starfield. And that's just because I, you know, the Bethesda games come out so rarely and I'm always a huge fan of theirs. Plus it's going to be on Game Pass. So I don't have to worry about paying for it. Um, outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you on some stuff where it's like, okay, if they release, if they announce a new Uncharted game, for example... I'll probably buy that without having to really see too much. Um, same thing with like a, a new Kojima game or Metal Gear mm. game or something like that. Now, I know yeah. that's a little bit hypocritical because I didn't buy Death Stranding. But, uh, you know, th there, there are certain games like Diablo is another example. I bought that the day it came out. Um, but as far as like this fall goes, the only game that I know for sure I'm going to play is Starfield. Outside of that, it's like, okay, I really want to play Alan Wake 2, but I got to get back to the first one. I really want to replay that before I go there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, honestly, for me, it boils a lot more down to my current schedule than anything. Because I buy all my shit digitally, so there's really no reason for me to pre-order anything. Right. So it's like, okay, um, Alan Wake 2 comes out. Am I in the middle of something? Or like Spider-Man 2, for example. I'll probably definitely play that. Like, am I currently playing something? Yes. Well, then I'm not going to buy it the day it comes out. I don't need to. I'll save my money for a few more weeks and, you know, finish the game that I'm playing and then buy it. So, but as far as like, you know, the planning aspect, I do kind of put a little bit of thought into like, okay, well, these major tent poles are coming out. Assuming everything is good, you know, it makes sense for me to play this game and then this game and then this game and then this game. But outside of that, I'm not really putting a whole lot of effort into the planning aspect. 
Yeah. I think you hit a good chord there. Like it depends on what you're playing and what your personal schedule is like. Like if I know I have like a gig Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and a game's dropping on Friday, dude, I'm not even going to buy it yet. Even if I save money for three days, like I'm kind of – I don't know if you want to call it cheap, but like I'm, I'm very uh, – I try to be financially – responsible because I, you know, I've got a mortgage. I've got, you know, I don't know. I have a lot of bills. Um, we're still paying off our bathroom renovation. So like I can't just drop like 60, $70 on a game if I can't even enjoy it right then. So, and, and another thing that I will do, and I think this is kind of what you were speaking to Jake is I feel like if, if it's good, if it's like the new Witcher game or something, and I know it's going to require like over a hundred hours of my time. I try that one would be difficult. I'd probably buy that sight unseen. I would just buy it because fuck. But like, I guess what I'm saying, like I'm doing this with Final Fantasy 16, is I haven't purchased it yet because I don't want to commit myself right now to sitting in front of my console in the summertime for like hours upon hours to beat this game or feel the pool to sit there and just do this thing. I still want to beat Moss Book 2 and I talked about it last five episodes and I'd like to buy the Queen um, sound pack for uh, Beat Saber. I think that would be really fun. Mm. Uh, it's like 13 bucks, but I'm still kind of like wavering. I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's like almost 20. I don't know, but like, I just think it would be a good time because all the songs on Beat Saber right now, they don't really... It's not my style. It is a really fun game, but if I could do that with like a rock and roll song, I think it would be really fun, especially songs that you know. It would help with the, the momentum and flow of it. Um, so I really want to get the most out of Beat Saber and get like the Queen pack. I know Green Day has some stuff on there. I think some maybe, maybe Linkin Park has something. I don't know, but it's maybe some rock and roll stuff that I, I really enjoy. But um, outside of just agreeing with you that like you have to kind of have an understanding of what you're getting yourself into and then in the future and it's like i know final fantasy 16 is going to take me a ton of time to beat um so i'm going to save that for winter and just hope that i'm through spider-man by then hope that alan wake is not like a 40 hour fucking game although watching the the gameplay trailer dude it does look like it's going to be a little more open world like more like a open world like Resident Evil game or something. The way they have the map laid out, it doesn't seem like it's quartered off into like a sandbox area and then a new sandbox area because it's like there's a scene where it was like you have to go turn the lights on somewhere and then it's like in the game you it would just in, in Alan Wake One it would just be like a, a mini game where you have to press X when the dial gets between certain points a couple times in a row. And then it would kick on the thing. In this game, it was like you open the fuse box and then the character was like, I'm going to need to find a fuse for this. And then it cuts to a scene of the character like walking around like the local general store, rummaging through shit and then having an encounter there. And I'm like, this is going to be really open, I think, this game. So, which I'm okay with. But, like, you pick up on things like that when you start buying games. And, and really, a lot of my decisions are based on time, uh, the demand of time. So I'll say that too, Big Box. I think – I don't know how old you are or whatever. It doesn't matter but because um, people's priorities – age isn't a you know a precursor for how busy a person is or whatever. It isn't a, in, indicative always. So um, 
you could be retired and be busier than you've ever been your entire life, like watching grandkids and like fucking medical appointments and shit. But like, I, I guess like what I'm trying to say is, is it, it's going to, it's going to, for me, it's going to depend on my schedule whether or not I get the latest open world game, no matter how much I want to play it. So I'm going to make room to play it at some point. But yeah, this winter, dude, is going to be my Final Fantasy 16 sit down. I, unless unless something fucking comes out of nowhere, you know, and changes my mind. But I think that that's my plan. So very good question, man. Thank you. Let's get on with uh, news. We always talk about the news on the show. There's not a lot of news but there, there's some relevant news for everybody. And the first piece of news that I think is really important is we get a little glimpse of the PS Plus extra games that are coming out. And uh, it's going to be Dreams, which is interesting, finally. And uh, Death's Door, which I've played and beaten, which is a great game. I recommend it. And then PGA Tour 2K23. We got PGA Tour last year, I think, didn't we? Uh, I don't remember if we did or not. I thought we got one of them. I'm not sure which one it was. It might have been 21. I, I can't remember if it was – was it the PGA Tour or – sorry, was it the 2K game or the EA Sports game? I don't remember. I want to say it was the 2K game. I think you might be right. I don't remember. But anyways, uh, yeah, great. I'm excited for that. Jake, anything about these games? Uh, I think it's interesting that they are giving us dreams literally right before they kill it. So there's not really – I'm not really sure. I guess it's kind of cool that like now with this new update, I think you're going to be able to like export your content and everything. But so I guess you could use it and make a little ditty here and there if you want to make something and and export it. Like you were saying, if you wanted to make a music video or something, mm-hmm. you could do that now and export it. But – I don't know. Um, as far as Death's Door goes, I've heard that game is really good. So maybe at some point I'll check it out whenever I don't have anything else going on. And then the PGA Tour, it's one of those games where like I could see myself getting into it and I could see myself never playing it. Because <laughs> like, like I really enjoy every, – every so often I really enjoy a golf game. I really enjoy a – like a FIFA game or a soccer game or or like a hockey game, like in one of the NHL games. But it's like, you know, every five years or something, I get into one of these games. Right. So I don't know if this is the year that I get into a fucking golf game. My guess is that at least right now, prob- I don't know if it would happen just because I can actually just go golfing right now. Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't have to play it on a video game if I don't want to. Um, but who's to say? Maybe I'll jump in and and uh, get hooked. Dude, speaking of golf, did they ever call you back about the price of the course? I never called them. Oh, I thought you did call them. No. I, no, I, I, I haven't been down there since I <laughs> maybe stole a game of golf. <laughs> they got you on some sort of game cam. <laughs> like, oh, That's so funny, dude. I was wondering what the follow-up to that story was, if you ever found out if it if it costs money to golf there or if it is free. No, I've golfed since then, but I went with my dad somewhere else, so yeah, yeah. have not found out. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I like the game selection, and, and I didn't put it on a news point, but um, Media Molecule have worked on a new a new game built in Dreams. It's like a train game, 
and it looks fucking rad. And it's their swan song for dreams that you can get in there and play it. So that's really cool. And I think, I think it's free content for dreams owners. So we'll have access to that. Um, apparently they've been working on it behind the scenes and it looks really, really fucking cool. So yeah, they did some real cool stuff with dreams, dude. So I, I, I am going to jump in and see what the hell that, that nonsense is all about. <laughs> now that it's free. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next one, man. Uh, so I have not watched this yet. I don't even know that I have a means to watch this yet. I don't know the, if we have Peacock or not, but Twisted Metal, the TV series, is now out on Peacock. And I have to say I'm kind of surprised that the user scores on Rotten Tomato. <coughs> it's in the 90s. The critic scores, I think, is like 60-something. Um, and who knows if that's just fan people of Twisted Metal, Sony people. I don't know. But Push Square notes that Sony's PlayStation productions have been doing extremely well. Uncharted, The Last of Us, Twisted Metal, and Gran Turismo now on the way. Speaking of Gran Turismo, Jake, this is weird, but PS Plus members are able to watch the Gran Turismo movie early in the UK, but only in select theaters, apparently. So, like, somehow you verify that you're a PS Plus member and you can go watch Gran Turismo early. That's kind of fucking weird. Um, But it's cool. What do you you think? Are you interested in watching Giving Twisted Metal a try or no? If it wasn't on Peacock... Mm -hmm. I don't want to fucking subscribe to another service just to watch a show that is probably going to make is probably not going to be for me. I I don't know like everything I've seen on it I'm just like I don't know that I want to watch this. Yeah. And then it's like oh well on top of that you have to subscribe to fucking Peacock which is like the last thing I want to do is give my money to NBC. So it's like for Chances are there's nothing else that I'm even going to want to watch on there. Mm-hmm. I know they do have some other stuff on there and maybe uh, you know, maybe I could find use somewhere else for it. But it's not like HBO Max where it's like, oh, you know, when you're done watching The Last of Us, we've got a thousand other critically acclaimed TV shows and movies on here you can watch. Mm. It's fucking Peacock. So like – I don't know. Maybe somebody can convince me otherwise, but um, it's not getting the greatest reviews. I just checked. Like I know you said it was like in the sixties on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like in the low fifties on Metacritic. So it's like I don't know. I, I might wait until I see like some of my favorite content creators. Maybe if they watch it, what they have to say about it. Yeah. Somebody who I trust a little bit more to tell me like if it's worth watching or not. Cause I don't know, man, I just, I might still watch it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at some of the reviews. I'll just rip a, some two positive, two negative out real quick. Uh, Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun times, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes says Twisted Metal turns an insanely funny video game into an insanely funny show with a story. Um, Catherine Van Van Arondonk from New York Magazine uh, slash Vulture says uh, it's no more fun or substantive substantive than smashing a Hot Wheels with a hammer. <laughs> uh, Kylie Northover um, from The Age out in Australia says Sweet Tooth himself is the personification of the series. Brutally violent yet goofy and strangely likable. Three out of five. And then uh, 
Brian Lowry from CNN, top critic, says Twisted Metal manages to start with a rush of zany energy courtesy of the writers behind Deadpool before hitting potholes as it becomes too over the top to justify the ride. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And then someone's just said there's t- there's 10 half hour episodes that feel too long. <laughs> so it's like I don't know what that fucking means. Like half hour episodes, I could get through that in a fucking two days if it's decent. Um, but I don't know. So that's that. But uh, more interesting out of all of that news is that that PlayStation Studios appear to be doing something important right now for the brand. So um, like it or not, uh, Twisted Metal isn't a failure. And it seems like the critics are more than half enjoy it, you know, with a 63, I think, critic score. But the users, who I'm sure Sony care about more... Uh, just the average viewer tend to really like it. So that tells me that it's probably a lot of stupid jokes and violence in like goofiness, which is exactly what Deadpool was, but it was done with a certain element of wit, uh, which, which make it worth watching. Um, Deadpool for me, at least there were parts in Deadpool that I was just dying laughing. Like there's a scene where like he has his, he's like a baby or it's like his legs are growing or something got like cut off and like he's sitting on the couch he has these two little stubs and he's just fucking having other people get stuff for him and he's like this fucking comic book hero while they regenerate it's fucking funny Um, that kind of humor is is great to me Um, seeing like your heroes um, in a situation that a hero wouldn't be in right Um, sitting on a couch trying to watch a movie or something like Deadpool with his mask on and he can't get out of the chair because he just got fucked up in a fight it's it's funny to me i don't know why but anyway so i'm sure there's a lot of that and um we'll see maybe i'll watch it maybe i won't but it's good that playstation studios are are doing significant things and they're not just tanking every single thing right my initial impression is this is a bad idea no one wants to see this stuff but they're putting the time and money into it so uh, they're not terrible so it's good um next news point is uh, this I, I don't even I don't know why this has got so much press but I just based on that alone I thought I'd put it on the show Jake maybe you know more about it but I don't know what the appeal ever was of a game called Patapon I never played it but I know a lot mm-hmm. of people talked about it back in the day and uh, there's a studio called Ratata Arts which is an indie team who are actually responsible in making the original Patapon. They're working on the spiritual successor to Patapon, which I think is an IP owned by Sony. Um, but they're releasing a new title called Rataton. And uh, there's a Kickstarter campaign in the works or something for this project. I don't know if it's active or it's closed yet. I don't know exactly how Kickstarter works. I've backed a few things, but you can't access it to look and see what, what it all means. That either means it's closed out and it's over or it's on its way. But... Um, there's something, and you can watch the trailer for Rataton on YouTube. Jake, what was the appeal of Patapon? Do you know? Was it just like a fucking like subculture, like of gamers, like that were just talking? I think about people it? just, I think people just like it because I think it's a, it's like a, I don't know a lot about it, but my understanding is that it's like a, like a Lemmings or Oddworld type game where you're like, you're like. Uh, you're navigating like a map with a bunch of like minions or whatever, but it's like I think it's rhythm based. 
So it, it like goes to the music and stuff. I but I'm not really positive if I'm being honest with you. I've never even looked into it. So I it's not that I have no interest. It's that that I just don't really know much about it. Maybe it's a game that I would really like, but never really bothered to to kind of dig deeper. I guess. I think it was a PSP game, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Well, I will say the trailer that they have. It's weird to have a trailer for a game when you don't even when you maybe your Kickstarter hasn't even launched yet. But maybe it has launched and is finished. I, I was trying to figure that out also. But the trailer looked really pretty uh, for this game. I, yeah, it kind of did look like a Lemmings thing. The music was weird. Like I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I've never played it. And if I'm being completely transparent, back in the day, I used to listen to. Uh, Man, fourteen years ago, I would I, I would sit and listen to uh, IGN's video game podcast um, for PlayStation. It's called Beyond, and uh, the hosts of that show were always fucking going off about Patapon. And I was like, did they just were they the catalyst? Because I know that was like one of the biggest PlayStation podcasts back in the day of why this game did so well. And like, is it only getting news press because of all those people that are like, you know? Sometimes content creators can create an artificial hype about something. Like, is the game actually fucking good, or is it just kind of like a meme? Like, I don't know. Hmm. I have no clue. So, anyways, that being said, I wanted to put it in the news story. If anyone's interested, Raditon is being worked on. And I think the the, the big story of that is, is that Sony didn't approve a Patapon 2, so the studio who made Patapon, like... We're like, well, we're going to make Rataton, which is not Patapon. So it gives them the licensing ability to do that. So it's just weird. There's three Patapon games. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, the new fucking Patapon is not out. I I, can't, I hate saying the word. But yeah, um, it kills me. Um, so let's get to the next news point. And this one is actually really interesting to me. Um, there seems to be some speculation, Jake, about a Red Dead Redemption remake. And to fuel that speculation, a new Red Dead logo was recently uploaded to the Rockstar website. Um, and some some people found it. It's just more high def. So, I mean, this doesn't mean they're remaking Red Dead. It might just mean that they are just kind of uh, putting a fancier logo on their website. I, I don't know. But if they made a Red Dead Redemption 1... That looks better than Red Dead Redemption 2, because it probably would at this point, or at least as good. Are you in on that? Yeah, I mean I would I would like a reason to replay Red Dead Redemption. I hope that they you know give it a decent update. I don't know that it really needs a whole lot, but I think the biggest thing about that game would maybe be the way that the shooting works. Oh yeah, um, they could revamp. That. But if they fix that up with modern shooting controls, then yeah, I think it would be cool to go back, especially if they like give it the high def treatment and sixty frames and all that. It would be it would be neat to kind of revisit that world because it's uh, it informs you know one of the great, arguably one of the greatest games ever made in Red Dead Redemption Two, and but it's not like nearly as big. Get to play as John Marston again, and Ooh. 
I don't know. I really enjoyed that game, so I wouldn't mind stepping back in. I think. So the que- the question, uh, the follow up question to this is: if if they if this is real, if this rumor is true, do we get Undead Nightmare as well? I would think so. I imagine they would pack it in. That'd be so fucking rad. I don't know man. why they wouldn't. That was such a good fucking DLC for that. It was like it didn't make sense. Like, why are they doing this? But then, like, it was actually done so well. <laughs> like, it was awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I'll say that Rockstar's DLC, single-player DLC shit, is fucking bar none amazing. Um, usually because it's 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 not as lengthy as their full games. The DLC for the Rockstar shit, like the Grand Theft Auto DLC, the Red Dead DLC that was single-player, it felt more concise more concise felt more concise and it also felt like very intentional that like you really felt like you were getting a single player experience um in that world and i loved it so i i would like to see more single player content from them uh not in the form of grand theft auto online not in the form of you know online shit to share with other people like just give me like a standalone six-hour DLC with some cutscenes and some voice acting and some new fucking bobbles to fuck with. That'd be awesome. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. Undead Nightmare Remake would be awesome, um, especially this fall. I don't know if that's going to happen, but could you imagine if they just shadow-dropped it? Uh, the next one is is interesting. So the game that game FIST Forged in Shadow has been on my wish list for a long time. I have yet to freaking play it. Forged in Shadow Torch, rather, sorry. It's it, it's uh, The studio behind that game has released a new trailer for a game titled The Winds Rising. Um, and that studio is TI Games, or TIE Games, T Games. The game will be a story-driven action RPG for PS5. Apparently, that's the story for the new game. Um, involves a female character who encounters a lost monster cub that can destroy or save a kingdom. And I was always impressed with how this Fist Forged and Shadow Torch game looked, and I thought the reviews were pretty good on it. It is made by a Chinese developer. Um, I for, uh, but, like, that's not going to keep me from playing this game, man. Uh, I'm still going to play Fist for sure. And uh, this... New thing sounds really interesting because Fist is essentially like a platforming game. Um, it just looks awesome. Jake, do you have anything to say about this? Are you interested? I know at one point you thought that Fist looked cool. You had mentioned it. Yeah, I I think that um, it looks it looks great. Sorry, my computer's playing shit. Um, yeah, I think it, it looks really cool, so I, I wouldn't mind actually giving it a go and trying it out because there aren't a lot of, like, outside of Genshin Impact, there aren't a lot of, like, huge games that can't come out of China. So, and it's inevitable that, you know, the industry is going to grow there. So mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what they have to offer with this game and... um the idea of there isn't really a whole lot to say about their new concept, but I could imagine it be something that's fun to play. Hopefully, it's not like something that's super bloated. But the game that they really fist is like a looks like more of a side scrolly. It's a Metroidvania, kinda, yeah, 
yeah, Metroidvania indie indie esque kind of game. So maybe it'll be if it, even if it is an RPG, maybe it'll be a little bit more of a uh, manageable package. So, but visually, I mean, the game Fist looks awesome. So I think that uh, if they use this same kind of art in something a little bit more RPG, because it's like a it's almost like a little a little bit steampunk or something. I don't know. It's weird, but uh, could be really cool. Yeah. Um, all I know is that the story to Fist seemed cool. Like a lot of those, dude, a lot of Metroidvanias. Now, I don't mean to generalize, but my experience, a lot of Metroidvanias don't really have much of a fucking backstory or, you know what I mean? You're just doing the thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes the backstory is, as you're trying to figure out why you're doing the thing, right? Like part of the story is like, well, why am I here? Like that story, like you don't even know what the hell's going on. You're just like, I'm trying to figure this thing out, this puzzle. But the summary for Fist, Forge and Shadow Tour, this game came out in 2021. Um, but the graphics are amazing on this game. And so just real quick, listen to this summary and tell me it doesn't sound awesome. It says, six years ago, the Machine Legion invaded and colonized the Torch City, which was originally inhabited by animals. Rayton, the former soldier in the Resistance War, has been living in seclusion since then. After his friend is forcibly arrest, arrested, Rayton reclaims his mechanical fist and steps to his journey fighting back. And he never expects that he has been involved in a bigger scheme between the Mafia, the Rebellion, and the Legion. Exploring the Metrovania game world with a dozen of areas with distinguishing vision, th- visional themes and level designs, earning the rewards by conquering uh, the challenges of combats, puzzle, platformers, countless chambers, tunnel shortcuts, and it just says something like interconnected and automatically loading game map makes a detailed Torch City more convincing and beautiful. It's just like there's a fucking story to it. And it's like, man, I, I think that game's probably awesome. And it has an 80 on Metacritic. I don't know what it has on uh, the other ones. Uh, isn't Open Critic a thing now? I don't know. Yeah. I've heard people like Open Critic better. Um, what does Fist have on there, dude? I'm just saying, like, I haven't played this game, but there is a reason why I'm interested in it. And this developer was disappeared for a while. You know what I mean? They. They not disappeared, but they they haven't announced anything, and now this they this trailer shows up. I can't find I can't find it on Open Critic. Um, but anyways, man, I I think that there's probably something to this game that's awesome. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, so the new title, the new yeah. game that they're working on, the trailer is very vague. It's just like some environment. It's called The Winds Rising, and uh, it looks cool. Moving on, the next. News point is something the big box might have an opinion on because he said this is on his his next four months. Um, the latest release coming from From Software, Armor Core Six Pfizer Rubicon is going to be a very long game. In fact, so long that it's five times longer than the other Armored Core games. The game will sit at about fifty or sixty hours to complete. <laughs> Opinions, <laughs> dude. I'm really interested in this game, but I don't know if I'm going to play it if it's fucking 60 hours long. That's what they're saying. I, I mean, that's just the f- fact of the matter. I mean, that like two weeks later, two weeks after this game comes out or a week after this game comes out, Scar- Starfield comes out. So there's no fucking way. Yeah. I mean, this could be one of those games that like maybe I get to it over the holidays or something like that. Yeah. But uh, it's unfortunate because it looks really cool. I mean, I probably wouldn't have gotten to it anyway, 
just like before Starfield, but like, I mean, why, why does it have to be this long? Like, I don't five I don't times longer than other Armor Core games. Like twenty hours, maybe thirty. Like that's like the max you need. Thirty is a little long like in this. the tooth. Yeah, unless it's a fucking full on RPG. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a reason why it's that long, but uh, and maybe that's like full completion. Maybe you can beat just the story in like less than that. But I don't know. I don't like it though. I want games to be. Sh- I want games to be shorter and more well thought out. Like it seems like a lot of these games, even Final Fantasy 16, when I'm playing right now, I as much as I love it, there are elements to it where I'm just like. You could have just um, eliminated this. Like this isn't necessary for the for the development of the story or even like the quality of the game. And you're just adding time to the game for no fucking reason, right? Other than to add time to the game. And it's like just get rid of this shit. Make a game that's like a concise twenty five thirty hours. Mm. And yeah, if you want to put side content in there that makes it longer, that's fine. But mm. I don't know, like. <sighs> Why is The Last of Us Part 2 35 hours long? Doesn't fucking need to be doing that. We beat that horse to death. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of this is coming from a place of privilege and being an adult and not having a ton of time. Like, yes, I can afford to buy games and not spend a ton of time with them. And I can understand there being people that are like, oh, well, I paid $70 for a game. Like, I want to get as much time as I can out of it. And I, I understand that, too. For me personally, these games are just too long. And and if I see that a game like Armored Core, where it's just like a fucking mech, you know, action game, is fifty or sixty hours, like it just makes me not want to play it. But that's just me. Yeah. Nah, I hear that, man. I. Uh, it's tough, right? It's tough for me. It's it's really difficult for me because I know I know that and I haven't played any of the FromSoft games to any extent really maybe I've tried one or two but that were free to me at some point but I Armored Core is a very different game from what I understand than what people are used to from FromSoftware lately um, so just. I guess like a lot of a lot of the news articles I was reading about Armor Core Six is that you know expect a more frenetic, action-packed kind of experience as opposed to um, what you're used to. And I guess I don't know. I guess that's all I have to say. But I, I think it could. Fuck, man. I don't know, man. I, if it's an RPG, maybe the, the length of it makes sense. Now, did is it still really fast-paced but really difficult like their other games? I don't know. Is that why it takes so long to beat? Because it's so hard? Or is it just I don't that, think it is. I don't think it's supposed to be hard. It just right. sounds like there's a ton of content. Or it could be like a, a Metal Gear situation or a Death Stranding situation where there's like a fucking 10 minute cutscene every 12 minutes of gameplay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, let's move on. Who knows? That's some news for you though. And Jake, this, this, this second to last news point is kind of a bummer because I know how much you really like this game. 
And uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Apparently Ubisoft has scrapped the sequel. They were doing a sequel to it and they scrapped it. So... I don't even want to talk about this. This makes me sad. They're just going to do Assassin's Creed forever. (laughs) Because, yeah, they they announced fucking seven Assassin's Creed games, but they they cancel a sequel to their first original IP in, I don't know, fucking 10, 15 years. Yeah. So it's like, why should I even give a shit about Ubisoft anymore? I don't know. Yeah, the new Assassin's Creed Mirage game looks like it might be good, but... I really liked fucking Immortals Phoenix Rising. It was. It you was, even did it. You did a takeaway on did, it. Yeah. I know. I it did. I know that it it shared a lot of the formula with some of their other open world games and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that the reason why it was awesome was because of the the characters and the sort of zaniness of it, and it didn't take itself seriously, and it was a different kind of atmosphere. Even though, yeah, okay, you got the same kind of checkboxy sort of open world style. Like mm-hmm. it just was a world that I much, much, I, I much more enjoyed being in the Immortals world with the Greek gods and the cartooniness and the you know the jokes than I enjoy being in any fucking super serious Assassin's Creed world. So I don't know. They just fucking you know. Snuffed out the only candle I was holding for Ubisoft, so that sucks for me. But maybe they had a good reason. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the sequel sucked. But I guess we'll never know. I don't know. Probably. Who knows how far along they got, man? But yeah, that's interesting. And I mean, Ubisoft seemingly always seems to be like lately teetering on the line of like being in trouble financially and stuff. Like I don't know. They're they're trying to redeem themselves, I think, with Assassin's Creed, and I don't think they lost money on. Immortals Phoenix Rising. I just don't think they they got out of it what they wanted to. But, you know, yeah. I don't know, dude. There's something to say about having a little fucking stick to it, you know, and yeah. Like, okay, maybe the first one, it didn't tank, right? So you've built an audience now, like people like Jake that are maybe kind of interested in a sequel. And then, you know, you release the new one, you put the old one on sale, you give it away on Plus. Uh, and then maybe you've got a bigger audience. You know, I don't know. But again, yeah, I mean, a lot of the reviewers, a lot of reviewers really liked it, too. It's not like it was a like a critical failure. So even the people that didn't love it still liked it enough to to like warrant a sequel. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, man. Anyways, it is kind of bummer news. So I'm sorry about that, bud. I know you like that game. Uh, Last point of news. And uh, we're going to probably wrap things up pretty shortly here. Um, PlayStation is going to have a presence at China Joy, which is something I've never heard of prior to this episode. It's apparently a really large gaming exhibition out in Asia. China Joy runs from July 28th to the 31st, and the company will be showing off titles from its China Hero Hero Project, first-party titles, and third-party projects. Um, So they don't do Gamescom, they don't do these other things. But, and I don't, I don't even remember what the China Hero Project is. Do you even know what that is? Yeah, it was like an initiative that Sony uh, started to, I guess, I don't know how much funding was involved, but to, to facilitate 
uh, developer growth in China. There was like a handful of projects that Chinese developers were getting off the ground that I think Sony was helping out with. One of them, I think, was that Fist game. Really? So, yeah. So I, uh, I can see a reason for them wanting to be there. I mean, China's a, a huge, like, burgeoning market, so they might um, – this might be a, a good business play for them. They released a um, – they released a teaser image with all of the different games that they're going to be talking about. So the China Hero Project games are Awaken, Astral Blade, Exaledge, e- e- Evo Tinction, Lost Soul Aside, and Will Less. Will Less, like, like your will, but like hyphen less. First party games are going to be showing there. Grand Tours of Seven, Helldivers. It doesn't say Helldivers 2, but it says Helldivers. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Ratchet and Clank Part Sackboy, and then there were a handful of third party games. Um, Sierra Squad Crossfire, which is the PSVR 2 title, I believe. And then uh, Final Fantasy 16 is going to be there. Some old ones like It Takes Two. Um, it's interesting. So. They're having a pleasure presence there, man, and it's just kind of weird um, to me. But I guess it makes sense, like you said. I just if they're gonna put, I don't know, because this is like very Asia based, right? This this whole thing. But like, I always thought like some a thing like Gamescom was like worldwide, like it captures all everywhere, like all eyes are on it. Um, now this is like the opposite, where like China Joy, I've never heard of it. Until now, no, that I mean, I'm also nobody, but you know what I mean. Like I've never, I never heard of it prior to this. So it's weird that they would laser focus on something that's specific to that region, but maybe not based on their project. You know, the the China Hero Project, like you said. So I don't know. It's just kind of curious. It's just curious to me. That's all I got about mm. that. Um, but they're doing that, so maybe we'll get some news out of that this week and that we can talk about next weekend. Um, lastly, I want to talk about some new games. There's a lot of them. I'm just going to run right through it. I feel like some of these were already announced on our last show, but not all of them. And I just I kind of do it for myself and then for the listeners, I guess, as well. And uh, it can be a little long in the tooth, but we're going to run through them real quick. Just recently released on July 25th, Human Anatomy VR. Magic Exposure, Yuri Visual Novel, Mr. Run and Jump, and Remnant 2, which was a big one, July 25th. Remnant 2 is out. July 26th, Patrick's Parabox and the Gravity Trickster. July 27th, Arcade Archives Growl, Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise of the Dragons, which, not my favorite art style, but I guess is an okay game. Um, Koa and Five Pirates of Mera, Nova Strike, Pixel Junk Scrappers, Deluxe, The Expanse, the Telltale series is out. Oh, I didn't realize that came out. July 27th. The Room VR, A Dark Matter, um, and Venice 2089. July 28th, we got Cubic Lines, Cubic Parking, Drift City, Pocket Soccer, Superbox Delivery, Beyond the Horizon, Under Dungeon, and Working Hard Collection. Any standouts for you, Jake? I think this uh, Double Dragon Gaiden game actually looks pretty cool. Do you like the art style? Um, I do. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, it's a little bit more of like a jibby kind of style. Um, it's not exactly that, but it's it's a little bit more, 
don't want to say it's more cartoony, but it's a little bit more, uh, I guess chibi is the best way I can think of it, where it's like characters are like s- smaller and a little bit more cute looking. Mm. Um, but uh, all things considered, it, it looks like a pretty decent beat-em-up. Um, outside of that, The Expanse is something that I'm interested in playing. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to check that out just because I like the I like the IP. I don't know. Do we know if it's the if it's the full fucking thing or yeah, it is the full it's thing. Like, it's the full thing. It's not episodic. It's the whole series. So that's definitely something that I might I might jump into just as like a game that maybe. Uh, Maybe Sarah and I can do together or something. I'm not sure if there's been any. Uh, I take it back, dude. Out there. It's not. Just episodic. What the hell? No. Because I thought we read somewhere that it wasn't going to be episodic. Now it says the Expansive Telltale series is an episodic adventure game co developed by Telltale Games in Deck Nine. Its five episodes were released between July and September of 2023. So in the next three months, it'll be out, the whole thing. So it's done. Okay. Well, I mean, is the but what I'm curious about is the... Is the whole... Like, when I pay $40 for this, am I getting everything? Or if I'm... Am I just getting one episode? Like, what am I... What am I getting? It doesn't say on... On the PlayStation Store. Oh, here, it here. It says Ready? The Expanse, the Telltale series. On their website, telltale.com slash the hyphen Expanse, it says, is the Expanse, the Telltale series, episodic like your old Telltale games? It says, our new games are episodic, but there's one huge difference. We've changed how we're developing games on the back end so we can release seasons much quicker than in the past. We can guarantee that the remaining episodes will launch every two weeks after episode one launches July 27th. So they're doing it episodic, but it sounds like it's done. And they just want to string you along like a TV series now. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely interested in this. We'll see how it kind of pans out because I probably, probably won't even look at it until they're all out. So there's that. I don't know why companies insist on doing this shit. If if. If you've done so much that you can actually release episodes every two weeks, nothing is happening in those two weeks. Just fucking release all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to – like, I'm just going to wait until it's all out. Like, I don't know who wouldn't, especially if you know. Like, now you know that it's all going to be here. All you got to do is wait a month. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to fucking wait a month. Like, I don't know. It just seems stupid to me. PlayStation Lifestyle gave it but, an 8 out of 10, the first episode. So it looks like it's on the right track of being really good. Well, that's cool. It's a prequel to the TV series, they said. So I don't know. That's interesting also. Nice. Yeah. All right. Nina Drummer is an interesting character in that universe. So I'm curious as to how she's going to play. <sighs> How 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 you're gonna learn about her past and the OPA and all that? It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. But and I'm actually curious how a new Telltale game runs, what it looks like, how it runs, and everything. 
versus the old ones, which are absolute dog shit. Dude, I will say this, and I'm tempted to do it this fall. I did a Let's Play for the entire first season of The Walking Dead on our on our YouTube. Um, and uh, I played the second, like that middle in between episode, which was like 120 hours, whatever the hell it's called. 400 days. Yeah. <laughs> I mixed 120 minutes with Matt Pinfield on MTV and then something hours that I, I'm aware of. And then, yeah, it's 400 days is what it is. But that was a re-release of those games by the new Telltale. It's like the remastered definitive. Edi- those run like fucking butter. And it's awesome. So I'm sure this game, I, I'm not sure, but I would think that they run nice. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. All right, guys. So that concludes the episode. Episode 287. God, I'm getting lost here. Lost in my words. Um, a PSS is awesome. And uh, as always, uh, I want to thank you all for joining us today on uh, this morning. Well, it's our morning. It's your whenever you listen to it. But it's been a nice podcast. Get up in the morning. Had a nice cup of hot Earl Grey tea. Sat down, talked some video games with Jake. Ready to start my Sunday afternoon. But thank you for tuning in. Please, 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 if you haven't yet, we do have that Patreon. Um, we don't expect you to do it. But if you have it to give and you listen to our show and you want to say thank you, that is the best way to do it. Go over there, um, sign up for a buck. We'll send you a sticker. And uh, if, if you don't, that's okay. Like I said, keep tuning in. Jump on the YouTube, interact with us, uh, tell your friends about us. You know, we do this as labor of love. Whether we have uh, 20 views or, a, you know, several thousand views on a shorts video or whatever, we, we uh, are doing this for us to kind of stay in tune with PlayStation and for our little mini community we built here. And uh, we do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to our show. So thank you for that. With that out of the way, Jake, are you ready to go? Yep. I got a lot of stuff to do today, so I'm interested to kind of get to that. Um, we actually got through this a little quick. Probably didn't need to start the podcast quite so early, but uh, it's okay. It's out of the way. It's done and got the rest of the day to do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll be uploading and editing it for the next hour, so I'm glad we got to it early. So, like Vandal Hearts, Verdon, and Vroom! P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.